Welcome to C3 Church Central Coast Sermon Cast. We pray that you'll be inspired and impacted by this message and trust that you're better equipped to live your best life. Dale Crowther is not known for his public speaking, but I've asked him to come and share something. Dale will do a great job. Give him a hand. I did consider how I could avoid coming today. (laughs) But Aaron insisted that I come, so (laughs) I'm here. Um, Okay, I want to share a scripture with you all. Um, I've got lots of different key scriptures in my life and different life scriptures, but one key scripture that I hold on to is Romans 8.39. 839 says, no, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed to us in Christ Jesus our Lord. So for me, I've got lots of experiences and moments in my life that God's reminded me of that and or shown the, the truth of that to me. But um, the one moment that uh, I guess really created the foundation for all others was at the very point of my salvation. So I won't share my testimony because that's another day. But um, at the very point that I got saved, um, I had an experience where the Holy Spirit, at that very moment, the Holy Spirit came on me and completely enveloped me, completely saturated me to the point where I was aware of every part of my body that there was not a single molecule that could escape from this experience, which was the Holy Spirit enveloping me in true, in the, in real truth, in the true truth of God, ultimate truth. And in that moment, the one key thing that, that God revealed to me was that he who is God, loved me that much that he sent Jesus to die for me. Now, it was specifically to me, for me. Jesus died for me, not everyone else. And, and to be honest, if, if no one else in the whole world was existed, he would still die for me. And so for me, it was personal. It was God died for me. He loved me that much that he died for me. And I couldn't escape that as as much as, you know, I'd run from God in the past. I couldn't escape that. I was, I was enveloped in so much of ultimate truth that God showed me that he loved me. And that's, you know, that scripture where it says, you know, that nothing can separate us from that love that's revealed in Christ Jesus. So, at that moment, he revealed to me that that personalized love for me and that Jesus died for me. And through every situation I've been through, God's brought me back to that point to know that, you know, he died for me so that I could go to heaven and that nothing can separate me from that. So I guess uh, just briefly in relating that to everyone else, I guess... I would encourage everyone to remember that, you know, that 
whatever you're going through, whatever experiences, whatever hardships, whatever good times, anything, just remember that God died for you, for you specifically. He loved you. He loved you that much that he died for you and that nothing can separate you from that love. So, and that's, that's helped me through all, all my experiences that I've had. So I just wanted to share that with you. Awesome. That was very good. And Dale said, oh, my testimony, that's for another time. It's for another time. Might get another text on a Saturday night. I'm freaking out here, I forgot, but Erin just reminded me I'm supposed to be sharing at church tomorrow. Are you serious? I've never seen I've never seen Dale freak out about anything. He'll fix anything, repair anything, build anything, carry anything. But that was awesome. Fantastic. Now, thank you. Brought his fan club. Leah Cherkov, come and tell us about the love of God. Or sing, perhaps. Sing about the love of God. Hi. Thanks, Bev, for the tips. And I was going to say what Dale said, but I'll start again. Something different. You can probably sum up God's love in one word, and that's Jesus. Thank you. (laughs) I think um, that I've always known God's love for me. Um, and I, I remember my dad saying to me that the first time he really knew what love was was when he had Megan, my older sister. And um, I remember dad coming to visit me in the hospital after I just had Anthony. And um, I just uh, looked at him and I just had tears and he said, I know, I know. And I'm like, I know, I know. And it's just, you know, I mean, they're a challenge, but, you know, every day... You love them. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That was read at my wedding. I don't remember much of it, but it was read. And um, it's a pretty big call, don't you think? <laughs> Does anybody else notice that? I tried to be the perfect wife once. You know, I made the meal and, you know, got dressed up, did the makeup, did the hair, the house was clean. Didn't have a child at the time, so the house really was clean. And... Um, Mitchell walked in the door, and I was all smiles. And then he put dirt on the floor, you know, in his shoes, and straight off went, oh, Mitchell! And (laughs) it literally was a second. I mean, (laughs) and I just remember thinking, oh, it's stuffed now. It doesn't matter. And it was all the other things I brought them up to, so. (laughs) But... (laughs) But I can't help but notice that in this passage that it sounds a lot like 
God's love for us. So this morning as I was attempting to change Anthony's nappy, um, hands everywhere, cream, everything. It's just, it's everywhere. Um, I was thinking, just, I know best. Can you just, I'm pretty sure I even said it. <laughs> Mummy knows best. And I'm trying to get this nappy on and I just thought, you know, I still love him. He just drives me crazy, but I still love him. So I rewrote this passage myself, actually. I thought, well, this is for us. But I thought, what is it that God loves? You know, I was, just, I was really trying to think God's love. What, you know, it's so hard to define. It's so broad, too. I mean, really, you could just read every page of the Bible and find something. So just listen to this and maybe put yourself in this situation. God's love is patient when we blatantly disobey and ignore him. God's love is kind, showering us with his time, conversation, and his Holy Spirit. God's love doesn't envy. He does, but he does love it when we meet with him daily. God's love doesn't boast, even though he could, as it is better one day in his presence than a thousand days anywhere else. God's love is not proud. He doesn't withhold it from us, knowing that we can never understand the measure in which he gives it. His love does not dishonor us, even the time we pretended not to be a Christian in case of criticism. God's love isn't self-seeking, but is totally lost soul-seeking. His love is not easily angered, though the time we walked by a backslidden church member without reaching out, he had every right to be angry. God's love keeps no record of wrongs, but he keeps our name in the Lamb's book of life. He does not delight in evil. He sent him and his demons to the fiery pit of hell. But he rejoices with truth. He loves it when we use his word, which is truth. Thank you, Anthony. God's love always covers and protects us. Always trusts we will choose him over this world. Always puts hope within us with the whisper of his still small voice. And his love always perseveres, believing in us and going before us, making the way. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now now these three remain, faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. You know that God has faith in us. You feel it. And you definitely have hope from God. But love for me... It's just the most of God I can have. It's funny how um, when when Pastor Chris said he wanted people to speak, I would put my hand straight up because talking's my thing. But what, I was really stuck on this. God's love is everywhere. It's everything. It's the trees. It's the birds. It's you and I. It's... It's everything. And I think that, you know, if we read these passages, especially this one I've just read, and, and, we, and we try and live by that and strive to be like that, we definitely have a little bit more of God's love on us. Finished. Thank you, Leah. That's fantastic. That's great. That's a good uh, 
paraphrase and a good exercise to write out a passage. It's uh, a good thing to do. You can uh, do that with a number of scriptures. Put yourself in the Psalms or write a Psalm yourself to God about your situation or take the prayers that Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians and pray them for yourself. And that's, that's very good. Well, I want to share a scripture too uh, from the, um, the Gospel of Mark and share just a, a few words on the same theme. Mark chapter 12. You know, Jesus was asked, uh, what's the most important of all God's commandments? And uh, in other words, you know, what's the main thing you should do with your life? And it'd be interesting to hear the responses if you ask a number of other famous people throughout history, what's the main deal? What's, what should I really pursue? What should I do with my life? Because I think some people would, well, there'd be a whole range of things, wouldn't there? Some would say, well, you have to work very hard, uh, make a lot of money. Others might have just said, find out what's in your own heart and follow your passion. Do what you love or do whatever suits you. Do what makes you feel good. Uh, make lots of friends. Or travel. Enjoy all the world's got to offer. Fall in love. Some would, would talk along those lines. Well, this is what Jesus said when he was asked about God's most important commandment for us. And he says in Mark 12, uh, verses 29 to 31, he says, The most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. That's very clear, isn't it? Very strong. And that's the, the very best thing we can do uh, with our life. There's so many priorities, so many things that can take our attention, aren't there? And the very best and first thing we should do is to direct our lives towards God. And, and completely, notice he says... Uh, you know, our heart with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, all that we have, all that we are, not just a, a heart emotional thing, not just a cognitive, oh, yes, I have my faith, I love God, you know, but just, and strength, sometimes you need to be strong, sometimes, you know, love is, is not weak, love is not just all, you know, gooey sweetness, is it, love is strong and, and tough and uh, loving your children. As Leah was saying, you know, she loves her child. When he's a brand new baby, it's like, wow, you know, and then just 18 months down the track, it's still, wow, but it's like, wow, you're really testing me, you know, and, and changing the nappy. I know exactly how you feel. Man, I'm glad I don't have to wrestle Hudson to the ground these days. But I used to, and at that age, Anthony, I see Anthony because Leah comes in and helps out at the office, and there's Anthony, and uh, you know he's full of beans, happy, happy, but then, bam, he can turn, you know. I wanted two biscuits, Rawr! you know, and he's tearing the place down, and I think, wow, that reminds me of our firstborn too, holding him down. I remember it was like it was like Greco-Roman wrestling to change a nappy, if you, and you need, I needed more arms. Sometimes if Ruth wasn't around, it was my turn. I'm like, right, I'm holding the legs here and the arms, and bam, and he's kicking and punching me. And that's at 18 months. And so, as I said, I don't bother taking him on anymore. I just put out the white flag. Okay, leave me alone. Um, so we, we are called to love God. And, and I want you to notice the second commandment. 
Chris, we've heard a few people talk about loving God and I think if we just are honest with ourselves, we know that's, that's something we, we can call ourselves to and follow God's call to do. But it's interesting how Jesus puts them straight after one another. He says, the second commandment is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Puts them together there. Because in order to love our neighbor, we need to love God first. We need God's love in us for our neighbors if we're going to love them well. And, and he says, love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, I mean, for yourself, most of us have no problems looking after ourselves, thinking about what we need, what I would like, what I want to do, what makes me feel good, being kind to ourselves. And Jesus says, well, you need to do that to other people. And we're not all wired that way. In fact, none of us are seemingly wired so much to think of other people more than ourselves. And yet the call of God is there. He says, come on, love someone else just as much as you love yourself. Look after them. Be kind to them. Think about what they want just as much as what you want. And in fact, for people to find out about God's love for them, they usually hear about it from a Christian who is showing their love for that person. And then they'll notice, well, that's kind of weird. You're caring for me. You're showing love for me. Where does that come from? And they'll hopefully be aware that it's it's not natural. It is a little bit different because it's God's love through us. And so we commit to loving people, but we need God's love to help us to do that effectively. And I'm you know, just aware of that and wanting us to think about that, that the Christian life... It's a constant partnership, isn't it, where it's our willingness, our commitment, but it's God's strength, God's grace, God's love flowing through us. You can't do it all on your own. You can't then just say, all right, God, it's all your deal. If you think in just terms of becoming a Christian, just being saved, being born again, getting your your sin, your mistakes dealt with, you can't afford to say, "I, I don't need God. I'm on, you know, this earth looking after myself. I'm fine. And, um, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're way out of our depth if we take that track. So we need God's love. We need his forgiveness. But at the same time, we can't say, well, yeah, all right, I need God. So he knows my address. He can find me. There's a, there's a hunger and a thirst and a searching that needs to go on in us to, to meet. So there's God's grace, but it's our faith reaching out to get a hold of that grace. And this partnership is needed if we're going to love people because... We don't have all the resources of love we need, even sometimes for our own children. I think to love them best, we need God's love. Certainly when Jesus says, love your neighbor, because that's not your, 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 your kin, your blood. It's, it's people all out there, people all around us, people that we wouldn't choose to necessarily hang out with, and yet we get put together at, at work or at school or university or in the neighborhood and there's your neighbor right next to you. And sometimes in church, there's friction and tension. And, and Jesus says, that's, that's community. There you are, right there now. You need love for them. And of course, the love he's talking about, it's not the love that you hear about in the world all the time. What do we always, man, you go to the gym and, the, the, you know, they might use the word love at the, the you know, the, it's the only time I ever hear MTV and I, I don't choose to watch them on television, but I, I see them and hear them at the gym. But the, uh, the pop songs, you know, talk about love, but it's only a, a kind of love. It's a romantic love. And, uh, and then, of course, you know, 
in the media and novels and pop songs and movies promotes romantic love and that's it's awesome to you know have your special romance and, and affection for that one person in that one way but of course there's love for neighbors for everybody that is that is a different kind of love god's love for all people and the love that jesus had for people and and that's the love that i think it's all in us but we need to fuel it and 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 ask god to build it you know we feel it when we turn on the news and you see starving children in africa in somalia from a famine or that you feel compassion for the the norwegian people mourning their lost loved ones and and your heart goes out uh you know but sometimes it's easier to love someone at a distance because you don't know them that well but when you're doing life with them and the tension's there and the, you might be aware of not just their good points, you're aware of their weaknesses and the challenges and their, and that, and that I think can uh, test our love. And that's why we need to really lean in to God and say, God, this, this person's not necessarily being really lovable here. You know, this is, this is not a real gooey, easy, nice, warm, touchy feely situation or is it a distant, deal where I just feel love for them in a general way but I don't know them but you get to know someone and you're working alongside them or living alongside them or doing life in some way with someone and and there's maybe they're not being so uh, loving to you or lovable and uh, and on that note let me remind you of one more passage that Jesus uh, spoke to us through and he says so far as loving people get this uh, in um, in Matthew five, it's recording his um, you know sermon on the mount, and he uh, throws a real spanner in the works when he says this: "You've heard that it was said, love your neighbour." And so that's you know the the, the passage he's referring to the commandment uh, in the past, but the the Jewish people didn't have a problem with. Following that up by saying, "Well, of course, you love your neighbour, you love your people that you're close to, and your your kin, and all that, but you can hate the enemy. There's always someone out to get you, and if they hate you, would well, you? It's natural, hate them back. It's just you know, revenge, vengeance. You know, uh, but Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Wow." So that's a very different way, isn't it, than the way of the world. I want to be a child of God. I want to follow his ways, not the ways of the world. And that means I'm going to have to pray for people who have a go at me. I've got to love my enemies. So, uh, again, we really need God's love to help that happen, don't we? We can't do that ourselves. Otherwise, the world would be a perfect place. Uh, and it's not because people aren't tapping into God. And yet when we do... We can make the world a better place. We can overcome evil with good. We can love where there isn't necessarily love coming back our way and change things around. So let's pray and think about God's love moving in our lives and, uh, and appreciate it and tap into that right now. Come on. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message and feel challenged and encouraged. Please let others know about this free podcast so they too can grow and learn to live their best life. You can find out more about our church and ministries at 
www.c3cc.org.au. God bless you.